the, the, the games are over, but the game never stops. Never stops. This is College Football Overtime with Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. I do want to move into a little bit more of our discussion here with the transfer portal because, of course, you see a lot of these big teams that have something to gain, and that's what a lot of people talk about. We talk about the, I don't know, uh, Dylan Gabriel. We'll talk about his his decision to to commit later on in this in college football overtime. But we talk specifically about the teams that pick up the big player, uh, and I know that you might want to talk about that right here. But I want to talk about the teams with the most to lose. Um, so far, I have two teams who have been the biggest losers so far. Well, three if you want to include Vanderbilt. Uh, they lost quarterbacks galore, and they've lost their, their top receiver, their top running back. They've lost a lot of people. Uh, but two people specifically that I want to point to real quick. The first of a, a first, first of which, Oregon State. Those poor guys. Jonathan Smith, had the head coach. Of course, he moves on. He goes to Michigan State. Eric Aiden Childs, he follows him to Michigan State. But then you lose DJ Uyunglele, uh, Gerard McCoy, who tied for the lead, in, the team lead in interceptions, Ackley Arnold. And then his brother, Easton Macrianius Arnold, who led the uh, led the Pac-12 in tackles this year. Uh, I th- forgive me for that second. His, the first name of his last name, I can I can never pronounce it. Uh, but they're brothers. Both of them have jumped into the portal now. Oregon State is just in a really bad spot right now. They've just been decimated in the transfer portal, and I think it it might only get worse as we go along. Martinez, uh, of course, is he was arrested earlier this month. He's staying at Oregon State. Uh, but then Texas A&M, of course, we saw that they lost Jimbo Fisher. To, well, they fired Jimbo Fisher, I should say. Uh, Walter Nor, Nor, excuse me, Walter Nolan and uh, LT Overton are both former five-star defensive linemen from the 2022 class from 24/7. Uh, both of them are in the portal now. That's a huge loss. You lose Max Johnson and his brother Jake Johnson, the tight end. That's another big loss. It's just it's just been a brutal couple of weeks here, or a brutal week, I should say, for both of those teams. Yeah, I'd like to add in a couple schools uh, alongside that. Um, it, 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 it looks some of it is because of transfer portal, and some of it is because of other situations you're dealing with, like you mentioned, with yeah. you're losing your head coach there, or if, if for Texas A&M, you fire your head coach. Um, but Dylan Gabriel leaving Oklahoma leaves them in some trouble. Um, you know, I don't know what the plan is for the Sooners. I, look, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. I know what their recruiting class is now, but Jackson Arnold is a freshman who who spent some time throwing the ball around when Dylan Gabriel was injured uh, at various points of the season. But losing Dylan Gabriel, um, as you're about to head into the SEC, uh, it is a tough draw there because you're you're heading into unfamiliar territory conference-wise with question mark at quarterback. And, and Dylan Gabriel could have served as kind of a calming influence uh, to, to, to some extent um for Oklahoma but obviously he's on his way out and, and kind of a similar situation with Washington State and Cameron Ward and, and we'll find out at some point uh I believe in the near future I would think uh where he's headed but uh b- between not having a conference uh having to play a largely Mountain West schedule mm-hmm. uh and and then doing so without uh, a guy that looked like he could have really been uh, something important there at Washington State in, in your quarterback. Um, that That's a tough draw as well. Yeah, it, it's just very difficult for some of these programs. Vanderbilt just lost their starting quarterback, of course. And, and there are a lot of great programs. Um, I mean, you look at Duke. They just lost Mike Elko, and then Riley Leonard moves, and then Waters moves. And, I mean, it, it's one of the most interesting times in our sport right now, for, for real. I mean, college football right now, you had – 
I think 20% of rosters last year or at, at, over the course of this year were made up of transfer portal players. I mean, you had 500 plus players just at the division one level uh, put in their uh, decision to transfer just on Monday alone. We're up over a thousand people. I mean, I look down on my phone and I have Jaquavius Marks from Mississippi State at, who'd run for 3,000 yards. He just put his name into the transfer portal um, at the time of this recording. That's literally happening right now. Like it, This is the kind of thing. It's only going to continue getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And this pool of, of players is just going to continue to grow. Um, we're well over 1,000 people whose, whose names are in the portal right now. And a lot of those, uh, like Mecky Muse, I mean, he's a guy who um, – was a former walk-on player who's now going to go get a scholarship somewhere, which honestly great for him. I'm excited for him, but at the stage that we're in right now, I don't know how sustainable that it is right now as it stands. I like that they have some guidelines in place where you can't just jump into the portal and, and go find your new team uh, at some random point in the month of February. Uh, I like the idea that all of it can happen kind of at once. I mean, the, the the reporter in me likes to believe that it's all going to happen at one time and keep it to a schedule, you know, so I don't pull all my hair out. I'm too young to lose all my hair. So I don't want to have to deal with that necessarily, but I'm already doing everything else with, uh, with, with recruits and everything else. So I don't want to deal with the transfer portal too. But of course, when it all happens in one big week and uh, over the course of 30 days, I should say that that kind of makes my life a little easier. So I cannot only imagine what it's like for the head coaches of these institutions looking to build and re build their rosters through the transfer portal. But like we talked about teams with the most to lose also retain as much as they possibly can in that portal. You're constantly recruiting your own players on top of the players that you're recruiting to come join you. So it's a, it's a weird time in college football. Yeah. And they've done it to themselves a little bit. Um, you know, the, 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 the NIL has affected the transfer portal more than anything else. Uh, and how many of these guys are leaving their school because of a situation they're looking to escape versus I can cash in. And, and yeah. so to an extent, they have brought this upon themselves. Uh, obviously, getting rid, uh, I believe they got rid of the, the transfer one time for free nonsense or whatever. So uh, the fact that people can always go somewhere and play immediately, not be penalized with sitting out a year. Um, and I know you're dealing with the COVID year, so you got extra years and you they got new rules for if your coach gets fired or leaves. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that essentially make it penalty free to transfer. And if you go back to where you were a couple of years ago and it's a much tougher decision and NIL would still affect it. But uh, for the most part, if you had to get a waiver to be eligible immediately, I think you would see a lot less of this. Um, but uh, unless that is the plan moving forward, you're going to see the transfer portal uh, and NIL hand in hand um, until because I do believe the market will reset at some point yes. for both the portal and for NIL money spending. Um, it, but until that happens, it, they're, they're hand in hand uh, in business with each other. And um, you're, you're going to see this every year, unfortunately. Yeah, and and I think I think you are right. I think it's going to correct itself. It's just the inevitability. It's just simple economics, if you will. Um, this is just the way that things happen. I mean, you, you you set something into motion, and then you let the market dictate what it's worth. Um, so I, I think we'll see maybe some market correction here in the next couple of years. It's just can college football and college athletics afford to wait? Uh, for for the market to figure itself out here in the next couple of years. I don't know if that's the case. 
fortunately, I'm not Charlie Baker, and I'm the, not the one who has to make that decision. Uh, so I, I know this is a it's a bit of a thankless position for him over there at the NCAA, but it's not like the NCAA has necessarily been a beacon of hope when it comes to being a pioneer of change, if you will. Um, but of course, on Saturday, we did get some big news. Uh, so I want to jump into some some potential transfer portal news and notes here, Abe Gordon, if you're interested in that, I think, because Dylan Gabriel, he made the first big splash. Uh, we saw Aiden Childs. He follows his head coach, Jonathan Smith, to Michigan State. But the first real splash, of course, is Dylan Gabriel transferring over, transferring over to the University of Oregon. Uh, Bo Nix, back-to-back seasons, they're going to have six-year quarterbacks uh, manning the ship over there at the quarterback position. 3,600 yards, 30 touchdowns for Gabriel this last season. I thought he was going to go to uh, Mississippi State, truthfully. His offensive coordinator, Levy, he moves on to uh, take that job at Mississippi State down at Starkville. I'm a little surprised he ended up taking the job over at Oregon. Um, so I, what are your thoughts there? And then the, the second thought is, do you think that this is going to be kind of a launching pad moment for the quarterbacks? Uh, so I'll start with Gabriel. Um, I, I think this is a great fit. Uh, for Oregon um, he, he brings the program what it's probably going to need uh, in, as, as it enters the Big Ten obviously in, in terms of that aspect but um, to stay where it is uh, on the borderline uh, top five team and obviously uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays itself out as the playoffs expand next year he, he's perfect for their offense he's mobile um, I, I think he throws a very good and accurate ball but maybe isn't the best deep ball thrower that we've ever seen um, and the Bo Nix is very similar. Um, and Oregon asks you to be accurate, asks you to make a lot of intermediate throws. And I think Dylan Gabriel's great for that. And obviously he can use his legs. We certainly saw that mm-hmm. in that game, uh, that huge upset, uh, against Texas. So I do think it's a good fit. I was surprised as well. I didn't know who Oregon would go after. Um, and, and obviously connecting the dots to following your head coach makes sense. I, I did a little, little bit of that myself, so, uh, I don't blame you on that. Um, could they have gotten someone bigger, um, potentially, but I, I don't, don't know. know. Bigger. Well, I, I, I mean, I think Cam Ward is bigger. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I Riley Leonard maybe have, could have been looked at as bigger. Um, he has the do not. So it's important to note. He does. He does have the do not contact tag. Uh, so right. he is. He wants to approach other people. He does not want to be approached by other programs. You're referring to Riley Leonard there. Riley Leonard, obviously yeah, limiting, yeah. Uh, limiting. Uh, really, I'd just call them annoyances because I don't need every school that's got uh, a quarterback need uh, coming after exactly. me. So uh, I don't blame him for that. But it it really is a good fit. Like it just makes sense when you pull back and look at it. And so now you question what we're looking at next year. Now, if, if Dylan Gabriel starts all 12 games, he will break the record that Bo Nix set for most college starts uh, in a career. So there's an opportunity to follow that. He would need all 12 games to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just saw Bo Nix uh, on the dais there uh, Saturday night. Um, is Dylan Gabriel a, a potential Heisman candidate in that Oklahoma offense? I think legitimately he is. I, I think you're dealing with numbers um and stats and now the difference is you're gonna have to do it in the big 10 you're not doing it against the pac-12 opponents and and how does that impact um your play how how does dealing with weather for that matter impact your play because um you're gonna be some snow games you're gonna be some cold weather and certainly he didn't deal with that at ucf 
He didn't deal with that for the most part. And look, they have road games, right? If you're in Oklahoma, you go up to Kansas. It might be cold, but but you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's not. It's not South. It's not Wisconsin. Yeah, you know, it's not Madison, so, Wisconsin, or, or yeah. yeah there, there, it'll be some interesting things to see, but uh, it's a good fit, and um, I, I think it's a pretty smart move, savvy move for for Dan Lanning to one circle on his guy, and then two move quickly before any other fallout. Which leads me to the second part of the question that you asked: Is Dylan Gabriel committing? Um, the first domino, and now we see a surge of other announcements. I, I don't yeah. think so. I, I don't think it's based on him. I don't think it's based on any one quarterback. And, and I know I've mentioned this to you before. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's about Ohio State first because they have, in my opinion, they have to get a transfer quarterback. I think it starts there uh, and, and then moves uh, pretty quickly after that. The other caveat to this, um, and timelines get tricky because they are in the college football playoffs, but Oregon just found the quarterback that they're going to use in 2024. Mm -hmm. A lot of people believe that Washington is going to pull in someone from the transfer portal for for next season to be their starter. The question is, do do they wait until um, after – they're the the um the playoffs uh or, or are they able to pull someone in while they're messing with game prep and stuff like that um because you the one thing you don't want to do is sit there and watch ohio state or duke or miami potentially florida state and whoever whatever auburn whatever teams you want yeah to to say they're probably going to go out and get a quarterback in the portal you don't want to be the one person still waiting. Um, well, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. I mean, it, it's recruiting's a 365 deal. Like it, whether it's prep sports or, or, or prep prep athletes or if it's uh, transfer portal athletes, They're, they are in the portal right now. They are actively recruiting people and doing everything else. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I, I don't think they will. But but uh, they won't. They won't you, sit by and, and rest on their laurels. I, would I it surprise that. you if they announce? Uh, an incoming quarterback before their game they may have a deal uh, if, they, a if that's deal, the option but, like if that's the option why would they wait what's what's the point of waiting they don't gain anything from waiting you you do wonder Penix the impact it has on the current players um not Maybe. not not on Penix, but potentially on a backup well then that's that's their problem. <laughs> no, you're well, not, no, I, 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 doing I that. That, no, I, I understand. Part of I understand what, what you're weigh. saying. No, no, this isn't because it's not as clear cut. There's going to be, they're going to bring in a quarterback battle. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily that situation. I understand where you're coming from as far as potentially like what happens if Michael Penix gets hurt and then, and then they right. bring in it. Okay. Well then this is your audition. Like, sorry. Like this is just the nature of college athletics. This is the nature of athletics period. It's competition. Like this is what it is. I mean, I don't know if they go out. I don't know what their quarterback situation is behind Michael Penix, truth mm-hmm. be told, offhand. Uh, I don't know if they have a guy in-house already that they want to push. I don't know if they're active in the portal right now. I don't directly cover Washington. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know the the ins and outs of their program like that. I don't know if Kalen DeBoer is, uh, is going to be super, super deep into that. I, I just don't know off the hand. But I do know that his, his old quarterback was Michael Penix. He was the offensive coordinator at Indiana. And so that's one of the reasons why Penix followed him over. 
I don't know if there's another guy like that necessarily who's going to be in that sort of in, in that sphere. I mean, there are a lot of programs who don't like to go big game hunting in the transfer portal as far as quarterbacks go. Some people like to recruit and develop with, from within. So I'm not fully convinced, and I know you're you're full fledged convinced that Ohio State's going to go add somebody in the transfer portal. I'm not quite as convinced. I'm just not. Because Aaron Noland and Devin Brown are both in-house already. Well, Aaron Noland will be there. Of course, he's from Langston mm-hmm. Hughes right here in Atlanta. Top dual-threat quarterback coming out of this class, four-star recruit right here at Langston Hughes. He's a beast, and I've seen him firsthand. I know I know what this kid, this kid looks like. He is college-ready. Devin Brown is already in-house up there. He's a former four-star recruit. He's, a, he's, he's ready to go. I don't know if you need somebody. It just felt like Kyle McCord. They, that's one of the reasons why he couldn't commit to him. I, and now, if they go out and add Cam Ward, I think that would be very interesting. I think that would be a, a very good one-year plan. But not every team wants to do something like that. Most programs, from what I have seen, of course, we're still in the very early stages. What I have seen is people like to develop their quarterback from the inside. Georgia's done it that way. Alabama's done it that way. Um we, we've seen a few exceptions to that. Of course, Joe Burrow and and, and Jaden Daniels, that's two Heisman Trophy winners uh, that were added from LSU. Uh, so, look, there are a lot of different ways that you can do roster construction. We've seen Dabo Sweeney, who's just been hell-bent on not using the transfer portal. So I don't know if there's any one way to properly do it one way or the other, but I do know that they lost Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord's on the move. So they have a, a hole, if you will, I just don't know if they're going to fill it in the portal. Yeah, I, look, I only suggest that because I think Ryan Day is on the hot seat and feels the pressure. And, and that's a good point. That's you you point. have to you got to get that right. You can't work your way through it um, because if you lose to Michigan a fourth straight time, you're probably getting fired. Um, so w- whether he does go with one of the guys that are on campus now, or an incoming freshman, or someone from the portal. Um, they better get that one right because, and it's only getting tougher, obviously, with Oregon, Washington among the teams that are entering uh, the conference as well. So there's, there's obviously some room for error, right? Because you got 12 teams, and they're not going. If you lose to Michigan and go into the playoffs and make some noise, maybe you know whatever. But like, you better get that thing corrected this year, and that's why I think that um, they are big game hunting. Now, the other option is if they don't get the one or two guys that they've circled uh, maybe they do enter with guys that are on, on their list uh, in, in terms of what's the right way to do it. I, I mean, let's, let's look at uh, the four this year, right? Like Michigan developed JJ McCarthy. He's their recruit. Uh, Jalen Milrow at Alabama. Uh, Penix obviously was a transfer. And then Quinn Ewers is interesting because he, technically he is a transfer out of Ohio state. Um, I don't know where you fall on this. I believe Quinn Ewers went to Ohio State always intending to transfer, but he went to get NIL money for one year, which he was not able to do at Texas at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if you feel that way. I, I feel like that was always the plan. So, yes, he technically is a transfer, but kind of developed as well. So you're you're in terms of transfers, you're two two are in and two are out. Um yeah. I completely forgot he was at Ohio State for, for that year. Yeah, he, it, it for it, forego he was he, he opted to forego his senior year of high school to go sit on campus and practice with the team basically. Yeah, he, he got because of the age situation. I think, but he wasn't eligible. Yeah, he couldn't get nil money. 
um, at Texas, but he could at mm-hmm. Ohio State for whatever reason. Um, so I, I, I mean, yes, he technically is a transfer, but I do look at him as a guy that Texas developed, and and yes. maybe that you know you could also be a transfer and be developed by that team, you know, because um, you know the guys that we're talking about are kind of already on that platform and have made plays and are now coming in. Quinn Ewers had not done that, so it, it, you look at that a little bit differently, but. Uh, I, I still believe, and I don't know if you're the same, I, I think um, a line of succession at quarterback and not playing that revolving door, uh, but doing it the way that Kirby Smart seems to be doing it um, is – is pro- now, look, they they also tried, right, the, 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 the transfer thing at Georgia, right? You had Jamie Newman. You had ben JT Daniels. Daniels uh, and I know technically Stetson, but he was there, then left, then came back, you know, whatever. Um, he did the pro- – he did the – I almost said proper. He did the the the, the traditional route. He did the old school JUCO and, and JUCO. yeah, yeah. Um, but but they, but Georgia developed Stetson Bennett. I, I don't think yeah. there's any denying that they've developed Carson Beck and they're looking to develop Gunnar Stockton, Dylan Wyola, Puglisi, whoever uh, is going to be on campus and, and form mm-hmm. that quarterback room. So um, yeah, I, I think that's the way to go, um, but. But uh, I mean, only time will tell over, over the course as as we get through it. Yeah, and uh, look at the end of the day, I think it's going to make for a very interesting cycle. I know this year in particular, we have a ton, a ton of veteran one year rental type of quarterbacks. Yeah. Will Howard, um, uh, Riley Leonard, who is at the end of his college career, he's a junior this year. I think he might have two years of eligibility still. Uh, Kyle McCord, of course, he we talked about Ohio State. Kyle McCord moved off. He's he was just at the University of Nebraska over the weekend. That's one of the favorites to land his services. Will Rogers, DJ Uyengalale, Tyler Van Dyke. There are, are a number of one-year rentals that are out there and available. I don't know how many of those guys are necessarily going to get upgrades or are going to be upgrades for the teams that they transfer to, but it does make for a very interesting cycle because we're starting to see a lot more of the, the linchpin type players move off of their institutions and into uh into new places, you know? So it's like, we don't know. Some of these people may end up coming back. You don't know. I mean, we really don't know. Um, It's just sort of this period in flux, but Dante Moore is specifically one person who I'm going to have my eye on uh, as we move through this. Of course, he had a a very tumultuous recruitment process, but he goes to UCLA. Uh, He ends up having had an okay year. I mean, he was fine. He was young. He was a freshman player, made freshman mistakes. Uh, but his offensive coordinator and head coach, and there's all kinds of turmoil over there at UCLA. So it makes complete sense why he wants to to get up out of uh, UCLA and go get a fresh start. But uh, lots of news and notes around all of transfer the transfer portal. Uh, I, I have my eye on specifically the two defensive linemen from Texas A&M as well. So I know we, we've been talking about quarterbacks specifically, uh, but Etienne, um, he's a very interesting person to watch. Waters from Duke, he's a very interesting person to watch. Um, but specifically Walter Nolan and LT Overton, the two former five-star defensive linemen, those two people are going to be very, very important in this next cycle. They're going to go somewhere. I think Walter Nolan is is uh, probably a shoe in at Tennessee or at the University of Michigan. Both are were very high on his list during his last his recruitment cycle back in 2022. I think that makes for a very interesting cycle for them too. But I, I don't know what the timeline is for a lot of these folks. We saw our first real domino fall with Dylan Gabriel. We haven't seen anything. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Since so it's been now at the at time at the time of this recording, it's been a full twenty four hours coming on forty eight hours. Uh, it's been a while, so I, I haven't. I don't think that it was necessarily going to be the first domino. Like that was the initial question, but look, it'll make for a very interesting transfer portal cycle. Yeah, I, I I think there are a lot of guys who you may not realize are going to have a huge impact on the season next year that are not quarterbacks, yes. like like you mentioned, and and it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, and look, there's some schools uh, who are either in the playoffs or narrowly miss the playoffs that have holes and, and need to fill holes and are going to use the portal to do so and recruiting as well. Um, but but it's it's going to be. You know, it's going to be the Wild West uh, for a couple of years here as we get this whole figured out. One thing on Dante Moore uh, that you mentioned, and, and he's super intriguing because, yes, he is that transfer, but kind of like Quinn Ewers, he's a guy you can kind of develop yeah. into uh, what hopefully can lead your your program forward in the next year or two. Um, there's a lot of reports and, and some news coming about him uh, potentially considering Oregon, even though – uh, they obviously just got Dylan Gabriel. It, it would set up an interesting line of succession if you yeah. start Dylan Gabriel. You have Dante Moore learn for a year under him. Now, that requires patience for Moore, and not every quarterback of his talent wants to sit for a year, um, but then potentially starting for two years after that, uh, yeah. which which could be very, very interesting if that's how it plays out. I know Dylan Gabriel's already made public comments that he would welcome Moore uh, into the program as well. Uh, if that is the choice. So um, that that's something I find very interesting is, is using one transfer portal window here this year in 2023 leading into 2024 to potentially, if you're Dan Lanning, set up your quarterback for next year, but also possibly for a couple years after that. Um, I don't recall that uh, being done in that manner where you get two big quarterbacks with a, with a, a plan to start one and have one learn and then move forward that way. Um, so uh, wondering to see if that's uh, maybe a trend uh, as some of these guys who still have their COVID year eligibility stuff play out one year and then you you get a young guy as well. So uh, interested to see how that plays out, if that is even, the, you know, his final landing spot. Yeah, I mean, I would also assume that there'd be a quarterback battle between those yeah. two. And so yeah. it's not completely unheard of that that a Dante Moore would go in and, and beat him out. You know, crazier things have happened. You know, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all at the end of the day. So. Uh, I, I think it makes for a very interesting cycle. I know we'll have lots of news and notes to get into as we continue on through college football overtime.